It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome, everybody. Ears Up Podcast, our second show for the month of December, or as the Spanish say, Diciembre. Right? Are we doing this still? Again? Sure. Still, again, always. <laughs> Why not? We are Terrence-less. Again. I feel like there's a big void to my right to think about. Terrence isn't that big. That's rude. Just a small, very svelte void. It's a it's a thinner than it was void. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How's that? Well, he, 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 he is or was on paleo. The pa- no. On peyote? Pe- was it, is it, it's is keto. It is keto. <laughs> First of all, keto. on paleo. I'm on paleo right now. <laughs> Whatever. What is paleo? I had the wrong I get diet get it from anyway. the plug. It's, it's supposedly mimicking the diet that we had as uh, paleontologists. Oh, that... <laughs> no, wait, sorry. <laughs> no, that's the right. Paleolithic like, it's era. like all like natural, Neanderthal. Like, like nuts and meat. <sighs> that was my wow, jam. that was the pianjo. <laughs> We're trying to play Jeremy. Um, yeah, it's all that kind of stuff, but it's it's really not because they didn't have bacon back then. It's just all a bunch of you know a bunch of hype. But they had pigs, right? What they yeah, do with that part of the they board? had pterodactyls, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't they didn't like smoke and cure meats and like as oh. bacon. That's a Spanish like thing, and the Spaniards brought over Columbus and all the Thank Spaniards God for brought the Spanish, over. <clears throat> you know, well. I don't know. You wouldn't think that if you were Native American. But burritos. So do you think Native <laughs> Americans don't eat bacon? <laughs> so on today's show, <clears throat> I don't even... Is that a Terrence Stinks? Because that was weird. <laughs> we'll just call it that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, those of you uh, tuning in who didn't uh, see our announcement on Facebook, we were supposed to be interviewing the great... And fabulous, probably spelt, I don't know, Garner <laughs> Holt. Yeah. Uh, but he had to cancel, unfortunately, this morning because he had uh, an emergency meeting, I suppose, with a, a client up here in Northern California somewhere. Um, and I don't know who else I would say. Uh, but uh, he's going to be, his meeting is going to be running late. And so he won't be able to be on, which, you know, look, I understand. Uh, Garner's a busy dude. He has a, a giant empire to run. So I totally get uh, that he had to cancel. And, you know, when you're out with clients and stuff, you guys, business people know how it goes. You go out for dinner and, you know, hang out. You can't just dip for 45 minutes and talk to a bunch of people sitting in a spare bedroom somewhere. It's true. Not dab, Beverly <laughs> oh <my> Dip. <laughs> Bev just dabbed. And it's like... I was like, I did it. It's like, wow. Yeah. You're gonna make, oh, my God. I'm so stupid. You're going to be like the most stereotypical grandmother oh, wow. ever. I am. I already am. That's true. So anyway, we are uh, talking with his team about getting Garner on the show early next year, hopefully January. I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, supposedly his schedule's not going to be so busy. So I apologize. Um, we were really pretty hyped to work the hype machine up for Garner Holt. And apparently, so I was doing research, actual like human research, and uh, on, on Garner because, again, I'm, I'm a Disneyland fan, right? You're a but, huge Disney fan. Super fan. But I don't know a whole lot about Disneyland. I don't know about the intricacies or the specifics of who made what and who did the thing. Mm. 
and I feel like I am a, again a terrible Disneyland fan because well, like Garner Holt, huge name. I have no idea what he does or what he did. Rather, I don't. I, I couldn't like, as a, a week ago. I couldn't tell you what animatronics he worked on or what overlays he worked on or whatever. I had to try to look it up online. And if you try to look that stuff up online, there's nothing yeah, there. Good luck finding it. There's literally nothing there. You go to his webpage, like I was telling you guys uh, on the last show or the show before or whatever, where there's a bunch of photos of the type of work that he does. So if it's like, you know, saber-toothed tiger, there's a photo of a saber-toothed tiger. But I don't. I couldn't tell you where that's from. Hmm. I happened to find a, a, a client list of all oh. the stuff that Garner has actually done. And it is insane let me see if i can bring it up because it's this guy has done so much work over the last 40 years that um i think it's incredible and i'm really really excited to talk to him about it uh here i'll just save it for later but uh tons of disneyland stuff obviously knott's berry farm chuck e cheese theme parks i've never heard of six flags stuff in the netherlands like it just kind of everywhere so, so he's like a contractor to these places then. He, yeah. he doesn't work for any of these places. Essentially, yeah. Cool. Exactly. Um, so anyway, doing a lot of research on Garner, finally. Uh, apparently, he was in charge of the entire Haunted Mansion overlay, the Night Before Christmas overlay. Wow. Well played. That kind of stuff. So Dang. Right? And so how do you how do you do that? His, his shop did the uh, Maleficent Dragon in Phantasmic. Oh, that's a big deal. That's the, the big. That's the climax. The fire of the whole breathing thing. thing, right? And so, how do you build a sixty foot or whatever it is fire breathing animatronic dragon that works every night, seven days yeah. a week or whatever it is, right? Paper mache, paper, <laughs> preferably. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> those are the kind of questions. If he was here, we would ask him, but he's not, so we're not going to. But instead, we have the lovable, incomparable. Svelte. So I was going to say Svelte. <laughs> Jeremy from Spectro Radio on the line here. Am I allowed to say hi now? Yeah. <laughs> hi, How's it Jeremy. going? Hi, Bev. Hi. Hi, Taryn. Hi. <laughs> well, you got that out of the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Good Jeremy. Talk. <laughs> I appreciate you joining us. We are going to be talking to you about the... Well, you tell us. What are we going to be talking to you about? We are going to look back at the history of the candlelight processional. Oh man. Perfect Christmas fodder. And I've I've always wanted to go to the candlelight processional. Uh you went, didn't you? Or are you going? I'm going in two days. You're going oh, in two days. That's mm-hmm. so exciting. The one at Disneyland happened, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think Chris Pratt was there. So is it multiple di- maybe you're gonna get into this. Is it multiple days? Or? I am going to get into it, and okay. it is multiple days. It's um, it's only it's two nights in Disneyland, and it's thirty nights, I think, in Epcot. Wow! Yeah, thirty. Lucky you. Do they have the same uh, narrator for all the 30, 30 nights, or what? Nope, they have different narrators. Um, and you're going to get into every couple, like, every couple days. Stop asking questions. Someone else comes in. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's cool, Jeremy. I appreciate you. Um, and that's my around. segment. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, please go to spectroradio.us. Thank you very much. Uh, a couple things before we get to Jeremy's full segment. This sponsor, uh, this episode is sponsored by Getaway Today, which is Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head online to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra 10 bucks on your SoCal vacation package. 
You can find all of our information and more, probably, who knows what the internet holds, on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions goes to Terrence, which he's not. He's had some kids, some child's play. I don't think it's his kid. I think he's just wandering around like elementary schools looking for plays. He's a theater buff. I don't know if you guys knew this. <laughs> Super into theater. Theater head. Curtain head is what they call him. <laughs> Only for kids under six. Yes. Well, that's where the talent really lies. Uh, you can say hi to Bev. Yo. <laughs> I told you I'm trying to change it up. Okay. Hi. On the ninth day of Christmas, Bev said to me, yo. Yep. Yo, yep. Hi. Hola. I don't know. No. We could do a bit on that. Anything else comes to me, Jason, ears up, hyphen podcast.com. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash ears up. Become a Patreon uh, supporter or whatever they're called, and uh, you can go for two bucks, and you get nothing but this show. You're you're supporting the show for a dollar a show. That's nothing. That's that's like twenty bucks a year or whatever it is. Um, but if you go to the five dollar level, you get the secret show, which we're going to be doing tonight. We're making a drink, we're doing some Disney news, and we're just kind of hanging out. And it's going to be great because Terrence isn't here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but more importantly, tell your friends about us. Uh, get online. Go to. Um, I don't know, wherever podcasts are talked about. You guys have meetings. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> spread the word and tell people all about Ears Up and how great we are. Um, because it's true. If you do any kind of internet shopping, you can use our Amazon link on the homepage. And uh, that helps us out a little bit. And um, blah, blah, blah. No feedback or nothing, right, Tara? Known. 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 <laughs> I, I, none. Have, I have one email. I think she was like... going to say no and none at the same time. Yeah. Probably. Here, I'll read it. It's very quick. I was just going to say we, we went from so, we yes. went from no feedback to well, we have feedback. There's one feedback, and I will read it <laughs> right now. Don't worry, I'll cut this all out. Ready? And by and this, I mean the entire show. This is from Zabrina. <laughs> Zabrina. We met her. We did meet her. She screamed at us. She did. <laughs> Come here! It was funny. <laughs> uh, hello, ears up. I just wanted to write y'all to say it was good to meet you. I was wearing my churro shirt and definitely got at least five people saying how rad it was. Hey. And I let them know about the best podcast ever to listen to. Thanks, XOXO. But she didn't tell us what that was. The, that's true. <laughs> she, she's probably talking about Dax Shepard's podcast. <laughs> which, just kidding. Which from now on is, is always known in the house as the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, so today on, uh, you know, on the podcast. <laughs> because um, I know if I say Dax Shepard, you're just going to give me that look. Like, I don't care about what you're about to say. I literally could care less. So if I just oh, say, Dax I heard Shepard. today, I was listening to this thing today. But you don't say that. You say the podcast, <laughs> capital T, capital P, the podcast. <laughs> It's like in Soy Mayor and Axe Murder when uh, his, his mom just calls the Weekly World News the paper. You're not reading the paper. It's the Weekly World. It's the World Weekly News, I guess, that you said. But anyway. Um, You're just a wealth of useless knowledge. Wow. That's rude. I, I apologize. Yeah. I'm a wealth. I'm a well. Wealth. Well? What? Well, now I don't know. Yeah, Jeremy. I know. No, it's Jeremy left. <laughs> I'm done with you guys. Like, uh, he already all right, told Jeremy. us he was really tired. I'm just gonna cut all this banter. The deep well of no, I think it's a wealth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro time. This magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell upon. 
Well, Jeremy, let's talk Candlelight Processional, my friend. We should have changed the Spectro Time intro tonight to be uh, something a bit more festive. <laughs> not crushingly depressing as uh, this? <laughs> That's not crushingly depressing. No, you're right. You're right. It's good. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. We should have we should have done a little more festive like stuff. I was, bells. I was thinking about that, too, earlier. I was like, yeah, we don't have any sort of Christmas. And then I was like, oh, well, the whole entire show is Christmas, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that you have that Christmas tree. I could see that when I had the YouTube window You open. like that, right? We got a little yeah, mini Christmas tree in it. here. It's pretty good. I got my light-up snowflakes behind me, so I feel like you know we're having like a bi-coastal celebration. <laughs> That's Yay. true. Feels nice. I'll, I'll read one line of "Twas the Night Before Christmas," and then you read one line, and then we just go back and forth. <laughs> and then that'll be the show. And that'll be the show. We'll sell it. We'll sell it. Be a, a, a ninety-nine cent download on iTunes. It'll be great. <laughs> that sounds delightful. <laughs> Our five-star rating is just going to go through the roof. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. So- we're, we are talking about the Candlelight Processional, and it is appropriate that we would be talking about that tonight. As we said, it's Christmas time. But also, this year is particularly important because the Candlelight Processional is celebrating its diamond anniversary, which is 60 years. Wow. Wow. So I don't have to buy a diamond for Taryn for like another 57 years. That's cool. But I get a diamond. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm still alive in 57 years, I will give you 10 diamonds. Okay. Ooh. I'll just buy one and hit it with a hammer. And break. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like a hundred. You realize that? I'm not living to a hundred. I'm a Very male. Resourceful. Yeah. So the Candlelight Processional is a musical concert and retelling of the Bethlehem story of the birth of Christ that takes place throughout the Christmas season each year in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Epcot and showcases a full orchestra, a massed choir, and distinguished narrators. The origins of the Candlelight Processional can actually be traced back to the very first Christmas season for Disneyland back in 1955, when Walt desired to have Dickens Christmas carolers singing to guests as they entered the park in Town Square. Wow. He marched to his friend, uh, Dr. Charles Hurt, who was the chairman of the Choral Music Department at the University of Southern California, who would also come to direct the choir, he said, we need Christmas carolers at Disneyland. Have them sing to the guests there, and I'll listen from my window over the fire station. At City <laughs> God, that's a good move. Yeah. Have everybody else be interacted with, and I can watch that and yeah. not have to talk to anybody. It's perfect. Yeah. That would Up be on that perch. Walt's <laughs> living the dream. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be amazing. Imagine mm-hmm. like you come you 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 travel underneath the, the the train track or whatever in the tunnel, and you hit Main Street, and then there's just Dickens era Christmas carols walking around. That'd be so love cool. It. That would be amazing. I, why aren't that? Why aren't there still Dickens carolers? I don't, I don't know. know. Up here uh, we have uh, what's called the Dickens Fair. And uh, it's a bunch of weird people get together in a convention center and drink nog, which sounds kind of cool. But there's no reason that couldn't be at Disneyland. I think it sort of fits that kind of, you know, longing for the best parts of the past. I mean, not like Mm -hmm. the, you know, plague or tuberculosis or whatever that comes along with the Dickens era stuff. But Uh, the Dickens carolers performed at various (laughs) locations around the park. In addition to special guest choirs that would perform at the Main Street USA Bandstand or the Christmas Bowl, as it came to be known during the Christmas season. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be really cool. 
in the Tomorrowland stage, maybe, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You just have carolers. Yeah. Uh, They're missing out. It, they can't charge In 1956, the tradition continued with the addition of the first mass choir at Disneyland, made up of several local high school and college choirs performing on the steps of Main Street USA train station, again under the direction of Dr. Hurt and accompanied by the Disneyland band. The performances were so popular that Dr. Hurt suggested the idea of a larger choral performance, thus leading to the first candlelight ceremony in December of 1958. Ceremony was different logistically than it is now, as 20 choirs processed down Main Street USA to perform around the hub, while the Dickens carolers performed off the balcony of Sleeping Beauty Castle. Wow. (laughs) Wait. Well, so the problem was, while this execution was beautiful, um, because the carolers formed like a ring around the hub, um, one, there was too many. They couldn't fit in the ring. And two, it made it really difficult for the people who were there to watch. Ah, yes. Because they're in a circle. Um, So the following year, the performance was moved to bleachers constructed adjacent to the train station so the carolers could be viewed by everyone in the plaza and on Main Street. Makes much more sense. Why not just just from the... Um, like the the well, the platform of the train station, just pack everybody there, line the steps, and they can sing out across Main Street. I think that'd be beautiful. Yeah, I think that kind of is. I mean, there's not enough room for everyone to just fit with what's already there, so they do still use the bleachers. Because you said there's um, 20, 20 choruses, choirs, choirs. Yeah, yeah, that would be the word. That'd be a great song, though. <laughs> All right, check this I want 20 choruses. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's alternated throughout the years, and there was one year where they reached the record, and I think it had the that they achieved 1,000 people in the choir. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. I'm cool Whoa. with like I mean, 20, dude. Just, that's fine. Just like logistically, like to have them all learn the songs the, the same way, mm-hmm. and they all that's, have to yeah. like run. Like that's insane. So now they brought it back. I think it's uh, about 390 now. That's still a lot, but that must sound amazing, though. Yeah, but there's 100 billion more people at Disneyland. (laughs) Right, right. In 1960, the Candlelight Processional incorporated the Living Christmas Tree, which will be familiar to guests today. The center of the masked choir was the Western High School a cappella choir dressed in green choir robes and arranged in a triangle on risers resembling a Christmas tree and surrounded by the rest of the chorus and musicians. The Living Christmas Tree continued to be performed by the Western High School a cappella choir until its director retired in 1981. From then on, it has been performed by the Disney Employee Choir. And we're going to hear more about that later. That's cool. I want that job. I want to be on the Disney Employee Choir. (laughs) Well, I feel like they're not 100% fully employed as a choirist. Well, they should. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, uh, you know, the janitor who happens to have a really lovely voice. Fair enough. Exactly. <laughs> 1961 marked the first year that a celebrity narrator was featured in the show with actor Dennis Morgan. And in 1965, as part of the promotion for Disney's newly released Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke provided the narration that year. So also, we've got a, we've got a Poppins re- 60 years later. Well, no, not 60 years later, but uh, many, many years later, <laughs> we have another Mary Poppins. Math and we're talking about it. Yeah. 
Uh, for the next 25 years, for two nights in December, the candlelight ceremony, as it was known, would be held and would feature an extensive list of narrators, including Cary Grant, Rock Hudson, John Wayne, Buddy Ebsen, Jimmy Stewart, John Forsyth, Olympia Dukakis, Michael Landon, James Earl Jones, among several others. According to the show's director, Charles Hurt, Rock Hudson and Cary Grant loved it so much that they kept wanting to come back again and again, and they offered to do it for free. <laughs> How do you say no to Cary Grant and Rock Hudson at that time? Yeah. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> I, think, I think they did do it many times. Oh, okay, good. Or several times. Uh, when the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World opened in 1971, the candlelight ceremony was replicated in Florida and performed in front of Cinderella Castle. Dr. Hurt was key in launching the program in Florida and would alternate his role as director each year between California and Florida with Disneyland band director James Christensen. Similar to the California version, the Florida iteration of the show uses a 50-piece orchestra, but unlike California, which uses the Disney employee choir, the Florida version showcases Disney's Voices of Liberty, which is an a cappella group that performs in the American Adventure section of Epcot as well as at Disneyland also Disney employees, and also uses students from across the country. By the early 90s, the show was growing in popularity, and in response to guest demand for more access to the show, the Florida version was moved to Epcot Center in 1994. Hmm. Oh, okay, so uh, I got to say this. There's conflicting information out here oh. on, on the year that that happened. Wow. So, according to D23 and the Disney Parks live stream of the Candlelight Processional that happened last week, um, they said that it moved to Epcot from the Magic Kingdom in 94. Mm -hmm. However, I have the CD from 1998, which is the, uh, uh, the first release of the soundtrack to the Candlelight Processional, which was narrated then by Louis Gossett Jr. Okay. And the liner notes say that it moved to Epcot in 1993. Ooh. Oh. So I don't know who to trust. Mm. Well, we know for a fact that D23 does get their facts incorrect. That's true. Mm -hmm. So I would trust Lewis Gossett Jr., mm -hmm. which, and I know yes. who didn't say that, but that's where I'm going to say the source is now. <laughs> so move to Epcot Center in either 93 or 94. I guess we're going with uh, Gossett, yes. where it was expanded to 15 nights and performed in the America Gardens Theater in the American Adventure section of the park. The following year, the Epcot version was expanded to 30 nights with two performances a night and, and a different choir rotating in for each evening. Um, so as I said, they have all those different people, but there's different they make they're made up of different people every night. So students from across the country come in and, and rotate out. Um, today, the processional gets three performances an evening at Epcot, and I believe it's up to 38 nights a year. <laughs> wow. Um, that seems too many. I'm sorry. That seems too. It's going to be uh, it's going to be half the year now to me from September through like June at some point. It's just it's too much. They don't start. I mean, so this is one thing um, that they it is still pretty compressed. I mean, it's because it's 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 every night. So it's not like the Halloween party, which they do for 60 nights and it's over three months because it's only like every other night or every two nights. Mm -hmm. So it's every night and it doesn't start until, you know, like the middle of November. And that that I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, cause actually I've never even seen it. I like that. And I like that there's something that they haven't 
rolled out so far that even I've seen it going like on veterans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I, I like that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that Disney does that I like that they do, but I haven't seen it or have no interest in seeing it. Not the candlelight processional, but I don't know stuff for like little toddlers or whatever. Like I don't care the, the, the Disney Junior stuff in DCA, for example. I like that they do it, but. You know, I just haven't seen it, and someday, of course, I will. But uh, you know, the candlelight processional, yeah, I don't know, man. Thirty days, thirty-eight days. That's what I what hmm. I like about that is that it gives you the opportunity to see it. Well, that's true. That's a hard thing to see. Well, especially at Disneyland. Yeah. Okay, I love it now. I'm sold. I love it. <laughs> well, that was easy. They should triple it. Let's go. Three hundred and sixty-four days out of the year. Disneyland's processional is still held just two nights a year. So they're keeping it real out there. <laughs> yeah. Real rare. And the thing is, because it's so um, because it is so rare, um, they, they don't really advertise it a lot. So it's not like there's this big marketing campaign around. Come see the processional. It kind of just happens one day. Yeah. Like I you never walk really, in and you're like, oh, yeah, I never know when it is until it's already happened. And that always yeah. makes me very upset. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can understand that because so many people want to see it. The mm-hmm. park's going to be packed by like two. It'll be one of those days where it just it's shut down. Uh, maybe I don't know, but uh, I, I would like to see it. I think that it will be would be cool. But I just uh, I don't know if I want to sit through all like the readings that uh, that they do. Like uh, Chris Pratt read a bunch of stuff from the Bible and talked about his love of Jesus Christ, and I'm like I don't. He's very religious. I know, and I don't care. I'm all right with that. I don't care He's about Chris it, though. I'm, I'm all right with it, too. I don't, I mean, I don't care either way, but, like, I don't want to sit, I just want to sit and watch and listen to the songs. I don't want, like, a sermon. Want to go to church with me on Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Only if Chris Pratt's preaching. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, I'm all right with it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, well, let's get into the show a bit. Show runs for just around uh, 30 minutes, maybe a little bit less, um, with the choir and the narrator alternating to tell the Christmas story through narration and traditional Christmas songs. The show leads off with a trumpet fanfare in the pieces Candlelight Overture and Shout for Joy, number one. I can get with that. It was a little peppy, a little rock and roll. Following that, the narrator begins reciting the story of the birth of Christ. Here is Lewis Gossett Jr. from the 1998 version of the Candlelight Processional at Epcot, number two. LGJ, my man, 93. (laughs) And it came to pass in those days that the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. He came to a virgin named Mary, who was betrothed to Joseph of the house of David. And appearing to her, the angel said, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe... Bev is literally mouthing the words to whatever that is. It's a Bible verse. Yeah. Well, it's a story in the Bible. Also a verse. <laughs> <laughs> They're all verses. <laughs> the mass choir and orchestra continue alternating with the narrator with their Christmas carols as the story is told. Take a listen. Here's O Holy Night and Angels We Have Heard on High, number three. What's interesting about this so far, and maybe this is a stupid observation, <clears throat> probably is, but it's not, <laughs> this is going to sound really <laughs> dumb. It's nothing like the uh, the Disney arrangements for parades. And I'm going to stop you right there mm. before you laugh at me and go, well, of course, it's not a, a parade. But it, it's not like overproduced and tons of extra stuff. It's very clean and... Um, I don't know. It's it's easier to to listen to. Like a lot of the parade stuff, you're like, God, how many can we stop? How many beats do you need a second? Well, and on that note, I think that that's why I didn't love the first one that that we played, and I think that that's why because that one did sound really Disney, and I was like, Oh, I thought I, I kind of thought it was going to be more like this. That was the first thing I thought too. I was like, Wow, this is very. Disney. I, I liked it because I think it was like, and I don't know where I'm getting this from, but like 60s Disney. I don't know. I, huh. I, th- I think the 60s, for some reason, had a lot of trumpets. I don't know why. <laughs> That's my view on that decade, and you can't change my mind. Fair enough. No, oh, I won't even try. <laughs> I just disagree in that I, like the parades, like throw everything you have at me. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, 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 you know, and I get why, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're, you're captivating audiences. You're trying to hold their attention. It's a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, I like the more simplistic kind of, I don't know what, chamber music, I guess, if that's well, what it's called. you're also supposed to like sit and enjoy this visually right. and listen to it. Whereas yeah. a parade, like the music is not only there to it, it, it keeps, the night. It, exactly, right. but it also is there to like set a set a mood. Like it's it's yeah. thumping on purpose. Like it wants you to be like right. That's what energetic. I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's a stupid observation, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 just more appealing to me to there, listen to this. There are why. no stupid observations. There's just stupid people. Stupid observers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a stupid observer. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. Please. <laughs> In 1987, Disneyland broadcast the Candlelight Processional on the Disney Channel. That year, the famous Howard Keel provided the narration to the show. Howard Keel is notable for his role as the hot-headed oil baron Clayton Farlow in the long-running drama Dallas. Yo. I thought it was Richard Keel, who was uh, Jaws in... um in uh, James Bond, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, you're getting Howard. Uh, his older brother. <laughs> yeah. He's also known for his 
film roles in Annie Get Your Gun and Showboat, but his voice also led him to begin a late-in-life singing career at the age of 64. Wow. So um, here's a piece from the Best of Howard Keel, number four. Let's see, Bev. It's not too late. It's always too late. That song would never be played on the radio today. It's my jam. It sounded to me like a like like a caricature of an Italian guy singing. <laughs> it was very uh, over the top. Yes, I it reminds it. me of. I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember when Will Ferrell did Robert Goulet on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> it's so good. He is like Robert Goulet, but doing like rap. So he's like, oh, geez. doing the thong song, but he's like, <laughs> Ooh, that dress so scandalous. <laughs> it's really good. You should really look I'm it up. I'm going to watch that tonight. <sighs> I think we should have Jeremy reenact all of his favorite skits from SNL. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Patreon, $10 level. We'll do a new tier. <laughs> and Jeremy will get 5% oh, of it. I love that. <laughs> Five percent. Wow, that's a lot of overhead for, to produce <laughs> stuff like that, man. I would totally do that. <laughs> All right. Um, I picked that uh, for you, Bev, because I know you love Broadway. I do actually, I love it. Thank you. Yes. I really did enjoy uh, that. But here is Mr. Keel doing his reading for the candlelight ceremony in 1987, number five. The shepherds rose to follow the star as it shone in the east when suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth goodwill toward men. ask a question no <laughs> sure on that song when they do the ha, what is the word that they say gloria gloria it is gloria yeah, yeah. gloria okay gloria, good i thought i was singing gloria, it wrong gloria. give me your phone number gloria i need to call Gosh. you in the middle of the night and hang up because i'm too nervous gloria gloria oh, Jesus. i want to be your stalker Gloria, <laughs> can you hear me rooting around in your garbage okay, so bin, Gloria? Back to Howard Keel. I really enjoyed his speaking voice as yes. well. Yeah, it uh, was almost Edward James. Alm- no, um, no, it was no, not. No, no, James Earl. No, not James Earl. Right? Yes, James Earl Jones. James Earl was a different person. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very, very James Earl nice. Jonesy. Very nice voice. Over the years, the ceremony has evolved with songs being added and removed. That year, 1987, the music included a handful of songs which no longer appear today in the performance, one of which is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And if you listen closely, you'll notice it was also accompanied by a bell choir, number six. Come, O Come, O Come, O Come, O Come, O Emmanuel. 
You should make an album of just, just totally violating Christmas songs. <laughs> come, come, come. <clears throat> I like my version better, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I really liked that one. I liked the bell choir. The other thing I think would be, it's also important to note, is that the choir doesn't use any music. They me- It's all memorized. Oh, that's nice. Which I think is uh, you, admirable. Isn't that like kind of just inherently your job and as a choir person is to memorize the music? Um, not- yes, but this is a 30-minute, it's a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're going up there and doing three like when you were in high school. Yeah, but like, I mean, you know, a guitarist who plays in a band for an hour and a half isn't like, I don't know. I just feel like, of yeah, course the, they memorize. The guitarist right? doesn't have to learn all those lyrics. Like, that's kind of impressive. Is it? Yeah. The, but the singer does, right? Yeah. Huh? I don't know why I'm trying to like totally crap on <laughs> Jeremy's observation, but uh, it just, I, I don't know. It just seems like, of course he memori- they memorize all this stuff. It's not unheard of to memorize a lot of music, but it is... I think it's worth noting because not all choirs do it. Really? I I, I feel that would be ripped off. If I went, I went to, to see a choir and there's like, they're, what, do they have crib notes or something? I went to the symphony and they were using sheet music. And well, that's hard. Oh, my God. It's not crib notes. It's the score. It's the... It's the oh. <laughs> uh, go ahead, please, Jeremy. You know, in like a folder. Okay. Yeah. Take a listen. Here is Neil Patrick Harris delivering some of his narration from his 2018 reading at the processional from Epcot. Number seven. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose in the east and have come to worship him. And when they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Uh, uh, I like it. Let me find the beat. That was weird. I like it. I have never heard that song before in my life. It was See, weird. and they had it memorized. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. It's it's not hard to memorize Jingle Bells, but this isn't a you know this isn't a work that most of us know. I don't know, man. If your job is to sing a song, since that's what you get paid for, then it's not out of the realm of reality for you to memorize the song that you're singing, right? I mean, do you think on. they're all getting paid? I just kind of assumed like it was like a volunteer choir. Kind of, yeah. It is. What do you know, Jeremy? <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless, of course, you are part of the Voices of Liberty, in which case, 
That's your job. Next up, we have Felicia Rashad narrating as we hear the last few passages to close out the ceremony number eight. Mrs. Huxtable. Although hundreds of years have passed, we still celebrate the birth of the baby in Bethlehem, and the joy of that first Christmas still lives in our hearts. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Man, her voice was amazing. I loved it. I mean, she's still yeah. alive, I think, so it's fine. But uh, I want her to be like my teacher. <laughs> she has that. She does have that commanding. Fo- even even on the the Cosby Show, like she was, she was just very commanding with her with her voice, even when she was, you know, having a good time. Yeah, she's great. Finally, the orchestra and choir finish out the performance with "Joy to the World" and the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. Plus, a final word from the narrator. Again, this time is Felicia Rashad, number nine. found at the manger be yours in abundance this Christmas season and always. Very good, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was very lovely. As I said earlier, the Disneyland version features the Disney employee choir. So it's entirely possible that you could see your Jungle Cruise skipper driving you on a boat in the afternoon and later on have he or she singing to you in the processional. Wow. I would love that, as a matter of fact. It would be much more entertaining than the Jungle Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Shtick. You know what they should have for the Jungle Cruise where they have like, um, you know, handicap access for like star tours? They should have Mm -hmm. the Jungle Cruise, but on a boat with no like skipper repeating the lines, just taking you through so you can enjoy the scenery. It's like just no script boats. I'd wait at two hours for that. So what would, so I'm, so you would still get on a boat, but you just yeah. wouldn't have all the th- dumb jokes. Just sit there. Everyone sit there quietly. <laughs> Don't say a word. And I want the skipper to reenact like shooting at the hippos to like scare them and, but, in, and, but, but not say a word. Okay. Just solemnly pull out the cap gun and go bang, bang. <laughs> And uh, and then we just sit there. We stare at each other, and we just look at stuff. And that would be very nice. You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I also think it's pretty impressive that those Jungle Cruise skippers they memorize all those jokes. 
Oh, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> there's no, there's no notes there. Mm. No. And uh, so anyway, oh man, I got water on my. I can't. I don't know what to say now, folks. I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, I've trained for this, but. Uh, <laughs> Imagine if there was like a teleprompter at the back of the boat. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So good. <laughs> that would be pretty good, man. All those jokes, all ten of them. It's also interesting to note that the choir is called the Disney Employee Choir and not the Disney Cast Member Choir. Oh. And wow. Yeah. This is because in the early days of Disneyland, the general public didn't know, like they didn't understand the concept yet of what a cast member was. Like, you know, we're all connected now and everybody they oh. cast members, they're not impl-, you know like people didn't know that well and i guess yeah if you're talking about a choir it would just sound uh, weird because they would be a cast member of a choir i don't think yeah. anyone would care that's just weird internal rebranding well the other reason was that they also didn't want the employees to be confused with the park's professional entertainment division so they wanted gotcha. to understand they wanted the audience to understand that this is these are just cast members or just employees from all different parts of the country you know or of the company reservations and janitorial all of that because it's interesting so like when you go see a show at the parks it's professionals performing a polished routine for you right. but the spirit of this is meant to be different this is meant to be like it's not a professional show. It's actually just the Disney family singing to you. Oh, I like that so more. Yeah. Yeah. So they really went out of their way to not have it be confused with the, the regular entertainment. That's nice. Mm. I like it. I agree. The choir starts. Pra- so this is uh, more specific to Disneyland. Uh, the choir starts practicing in September each year. Employees from Disney's West Coast operations go through an audition process. Once selected, they attend at least six regional rehearsals as well as a full rehearsal with all 390 volunteers singing from throughout the company. Over the years, there have been some variances in the narration script and some different musical selections, as I said before, although most guests would not be able to detect these subtle changes because the ceremony has basically remained the same for decades. To ensure consistency in the musical arrangements, in the 1970s, James Christensen, with his background in arranging music for the University of Wisconsin Marching Band, where he served as the band's director for five years before taking over leadership of the Disneyland Band, handled that aspect for both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Modern-day narrators of the show have included, of course, Neil Patrick Harris, who this year was performing in his 11th year, Whoopi Goldberg... Pat Sajak, Gina Davis, Sigourney Weaver, love, John Stamos, Edward James Almost, Kurt Russell, Chris Hemsworth, Marie Osmond, Jody Benson. Who's Jody Benson, Jason? Jody Benson was the hidden wife of the uh, main character of the show, Benson. Um, and <laughs> nobody <laughs> really, it was a, they tried to do a spinoff. It was real weird. Um, Freeform might pick it up later, but as like a, a prequel, uh, yeah. about how Benson and, and, and uh, his wife met. But, um, other than that, I mean, I'm assuming that's who you're referring to because if you aren't, then you are just have no, no sort of, uh, re- respect for the art of theater. Tanner Bev, do you know who Jody Benson is? No. Yeah. Um... I know the name, but no, I don't know who it is. Uh, she's the voice of Ariel. Oh. Well, I didn't know you were going to go with that, like, obvious. Of course, everybody knows <laughs> that. <but>. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, last but not least, the incomparable 
Gary Sinise, yeah. who oh. I'll be seeing in two nights. <gasps> How oh. exciting. You're going to see Lieutenant Dan? Yes, oh I can't God. wait. And cue bad jokes. Yeah, please start doing, please just scream out Gary Sinus. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Mars, Gary. Oh my God. Oh God. What the hell? That'd be funny. I would just scream, take me to Mars, Daddy. That's what I would scream. I don't know why. I think it would be great. Daddy? You wouldn't even yeah. say Gary? No, because it's funnier. Yeah. Okay. Actor Howard Keel, in describing the ceremony, put it best, I've never been a very religious person, but when you stand up there for all of those people with that incredible chorus who are memorizing all of those lines, and orchestra beside you, it is a wonderfully moving experience. In fact, he added, I was so moved... I could hardly speak. And that is the history of the Candlelight Processional at Disneyland and Epcot. Good job, Yay. Yay. That would be a cool... I mean, it is a very moving thing, and that, that is what I do like about you know, big, grand uh, you know, celebrations and choirs and all that kind of stuff, because you know, getting that many human voices together and, uh, and, and being enthralled by a story is, uh, is you know... It's pretty cool. I feel like I'd cry oh, immediately yeah. and just all the way through. Yeah. That's Probably. like magic on a whole other level. I know. I don't know how I'm going to react. You I'm are going to cry. Can I'm you nervous. live stream it? You know what, like just your face. You, <laughs> just your face. You know, you know what I need you to do, Jeremy? You probably have a GoPro, right? No. Oh. I need you to buy a GoPro. <laughs> And okay. they need you to buy like the chest harness, and I need you to then buy the arm to like come back in your face. Oh yeah, and record your just your reactions to the whole thing, and then I need you to uh, to not edit all of that, not bill it for it, not bill me for it. Yeah, and then edit it all together, and then you we'll give you five percent <laughs> yeah. of nothing right. <laughs> of Make your me own an offer. I can't cost. even consider. Yeah. So I have something that I would like to, I guess, plug. Oh. Well, I don't know if this hasn't been pre-approved, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, young man. No, listen. uh, On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day will be a great day to tune into Spectra Radio. There's going to be a lot of Christmas music going on from all parts of the Disney world. And um, this year, the listeners can star in it. (gasps) If you want to record a greeting, a holiday greeting to your friends, your family, or anyone else, you can record it. Email it to spectroradio@outlook.com and I will play it all throughout the day, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Does it filter through your Netscape too, dude? What? Your Outlook email. I think that's very nice. Shut up. <laughs> all three of us just started laughing when you said Outlook. That's uh, the address. Okay. Spectroradio.geocities.com. <laughs> What, um, <laughs> Don't confuse people. <laughs> uh, Spectre Radio. What is it? Spectre Radio to Outlook.com? Yes. Okay. That actually sounds so awesome. It's very sweet. What should it be? Is it oh. uh, Gmail? It, yeah, yeah. It's At fine. this point, AOL. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Let's not take him too far. Yeah. Uh, it, are, are you going to screen them first? Like, is there a PG rating we should go oh, for? Or, good point. Like, it's 11 o'clock at night and I can, like, you know... I then I can just basically come on. No, no. Whatever you want to say. I mean, if I can't, if I can't play it, if it's not family friendly, it's not going on. Of course not. No, for the most I'm part, I don't care what you say. I'm just kidding. Uh, it'll right, be funnier. Is, it'll be. This, this is my thing. <clears throat> Hi, this is Jason from Spectro Radio, and before we get back to the magical broadcast, I want to tell you about a great group 
called QAnon. Yes, QAnon. <laughs> Never mind, I'm just kidding. What is QAnon? Uh, nothing. Never mind. It's stupid. Google it. Um, Google it. No, don't Google don't, it. Don't. It's 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 some dumb political like um, conspiracy theory uh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, you want to hang out for some news, or what do you want to do, bro? Are you done? I'll hang out because then I think I'm gonna uh, do the uh, secret show. Really? Secret show? Yes. Oh yeah. man, we you get a night of Jeremy. A bit. You, you pepped up. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go, ladies. <laughs> March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. I saw my plug and got some laudamen. I'm seeing ghosts. Seems like there's been a lot of news in Disney stuff in the news lately. That's true. Uh, let's start with a weird one that I had no idea <clears throat> about. Uh, Elsa from Frozen was named a favorite Disney princess of this state. Guess, please. Go ahead. Any? Uh, there's Just, 50 of them. Like, yeah, make a guess. North Dakota. Alaska. Jeremy? Minnesota. Illinois. Huh. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the rep- so there's a report by uh, CableTV.com. Which showed which Disney princesses are the favorite in each state. That's Elsa is okay. stupid. Someone got paid real human dollars to do this. Elsa and her sister Anna were voted favorite Disney princesses for over half of the country and took first place in South Carolina and Wisconsin. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I feel like well, somebody made a stupid quiz and then put it out <laughs> and just had like your state as one of, and that's like how they got yeah. this. Tell us if you tie your shoelaces left over right or right over left, and we'll tell you what Disney princess you are. Yeah. Oh, so I did one the other day. Um, uh, <laughs> which which 80s couple are you? Oh, God. <laughs> Do those things all the time. What? Guess who we were. Who? Um, we were Harry and Sally. From when, from when Harry, Harry met, met Sally. Sally. That's appropriate, but I don't want to say why. <laughs> okay. Um, see, I'm trying to like look. For, okay, so apparently uh, Ariel was popular in Florida, Louisiana, T- uh, Tiana, of course, Esmeralda um, took first in California, and their what? their reasoning is because it has a dense Romani American population. Not according fruit. to my map. Oh, well, my map says Snow White. Who was number one in California? <laughs> Esmeralda, the kind-hearted Romani woman from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. First of all, she's not a princess, and nobody even remembers her. Yeah, no one knows that, that movie that. was terrible. Apparently, there was a tie in Utah, which, of course, between Belle, Cinderella, Elsa, Rapunzel, and Snow White, which doesn't make any sense. No, this that's all of them. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tie between yeah. everybody. Everyone <laughs> voted, and they each were different, but good enough. Dumb. Like, not one of them edged out another one. <laughs> right. No, it was exactly 64 <laughs> responses. I demand a recount. <clears throat> this is a cool um, story. I don't know how into it I want to get, but uh, Disney has filed a patent application for a new theat- uh, theater special effects system based on the classic Pepper's Ghost effect. Uh, which I'm sure you're no, uh, familiar with the Pepper's Ghost, but basically it's that uh, classic uh, effect of uh, when you're in the Haunted Mansion and you see the ghosts in the ballroom scene. 
Oh. Pepper's ghost is just uh, basically a reflection of an actual animatronic above you or below you, and through mirrors and uh, light, key lighting or whatever, okay. it bounces through, and so you're seeing a reflection of the actual thing, so it makes it look kind of ghostly. It's kind of cool, right? Did they come up with that? I... The Pepper, note, by the way, refers to British scientist John Henry Pepper, who was credited with popularizing the effect back in 1862. Wow. Right? Did he have his PhD? Well, he was a doctor. Uh, I don't know. Dr. Pepper. Oh, God. Oh. Burn. Wow. Good one. That was good. <laughs> that was real good. <laughs> Zing, not burn. Oh. Yeah. Disney's <laughs> patent application seeks to address uh, a problem by using infrared lights, cameras, back, retroreflective material, and something called, quote, hot mirrors to create a system that allows for brighter lighting of offstage actors without creating light leaks of anything around them that might spoil the illusion. The application also describes a combination of live actors offstage and on with recorded media to create a more visually convincing multimedia production where actors appear and disappear on a traditional theater stage. So you can do, I don't know, The Lion King on Broadway and have Pepper's ghost effect pop up. That's kind of cool. Right? That's pretty neat, man. I like it. Of course, they have a whole diagram. It's very confusing, but uh, that's kind of cool. Disney's always coming up with some new stuff, man, to make it, uh, the uh, magic awesome. Wait. Here's a thing for Animal Kingdom people in Disney World. Disney World is oh, always... Oh, is this the guy that was stealing? No, no, but we're oh. getting... I think we might do that on Secret Show. Okay. That's just perfect. That's built for... For us, uh, Disney World is always hatching new ideas on how to have a cute little mouse take just a few more dollars out of your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, story. the attractions or characters are the hook to get you to buy special dinner packages, but in a bit of a peculiar fashion, right now Disney World is offering you reserved seating to a nighttime show and bonus food credit during one of its busiest weeks of the year, December 22nd through January 2nd. I don't know what food credit means. It feels like we're in the depression. <laughs> we're like we're in the bread line again. Where it's like, well, you get half crumb you of get bread. More, more rations. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Government cheese. <laughs> uh, Disney World is advertising a $30 package at Animal Kingdom that comes with a $35 gift card valid at the over 40 food carts around the park and reserved seating for the nighttime Rivers of Light Spectacular. So if you reserve for the spectacular, uh, you pay thirty bucks, but you get thirty five dollars back in a gift card. Kind of cool. Strange. Yeah. If you guys are in Disney World and want to do that, then go for it. I think anything that can guarantee you, you know, it's going to get you a place to sit yeah. during yeah. when it's just wall to wall people sounds like a neat thing. That's yeah. true. Exactly. That's a really good point. Uh, Jeremy mentioned Gary Sinise, and this is a very perfect segue into that. Um, hundreds of Gold Star families are sent, being sent to Disney World by the Gary Sinise Foundation. More than 650 families, as a matter of fact, are going this year as a part of something called Snowball Express, which is a program aimed at helping Gold Star families enjoy the holiday season. The program, which started in 2006 but was launched just last year as part of the Gary Sinise Foundation, has 1,700 participants this year, according to an Instagram post. This, I think, it's, I think, what are you guys doing? Everyone's looking around like. It's music. Something's oh, on fire. I, just, I, I heard something. I'm sorry. Oh. She thought it was 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm trying to figure out what Gold Star families are. This is a quote yeah. from Gary Sinus. He says, The holidays can be especially challenging for the grieving families. Each December, we host a five-day experience oh. for 1,750 children of the fallen it's and their survivor, surviving oh. parent or guardian. That's right. As a therapeutic retreat with a blend of fun and inspiring programs, these families can lean on their peers for support. That is amazing. Yeah. I love Gary Sinus. Real, that's really nice. Yeah, he's a very charitable guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like him. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, you know, I, I am too. And I read some story, I think it was like last year or whatever, where uh, um, George Clooney gave all of his rich friends a million dollars as like a given. Everyone was like, oh my God, he's so charitable. I'm like, really? You gave Leonardo DiCaprio a million dollars? Like the, the, la- the last person in the world that needs a million dollars. Did that really yeah. happen? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I know. It's real weird. <laughs> Uh, Disneyland opened a uh, the first look at the Tropical Hideaway, which is the replacement for the Aladdin's Oasis right next to the Enchanted Tiki Room. And it looks, um, you know, it looks pretty cool. It's uh, open air market, very, you know, sort of Tiki Polynesian kind of themed, not as crazy as Trader Sam's. Um, and of course, there's a tie into the tiki room where uh, there's little bird perches with the names of all the singing birds mm-hmm. in the tiki room because it bore in the wall is shared by the thing. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, there you go. It looks. Is there going to be alcohol okay. served in there? I doubt no. it. No, oh, I doubt it. No, at least not at first. I have a feeling at some point maybe. I don't know, maybe not. That's Taryn's feelings. Well, just Taryn's because they're going to have it at the cantina. I think it's going to bleed out. And so I think that it, they're preparing for it to bleed. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. We'll see. Maybe in 10 years, who knows. Uh, the Walt Disney Family Museum out here in San Francisco is celebrating the mouse that started it all, they say, with a brand new exhibit in 2019 called Mickey Mouse from Walt to the World. Kind of catchy. Hmm. Uh, running from May 16th to January 6th, 2020. This original exhibition will chronicle Mickey's influence on art, pop culture, and entertainment over the past 90 years. The exhibit will tell the story of Mickey's origin, rise to fame, and enduring influence in relation to Walt Disney's own inspiring story. Guest curated by animator Andres Deja, Mickey Mouse from Walt to the World will feature more than 400 items, including never-before-seen and rare original sketches, character model sheets, and concept art, alongside nostalgia-inducing merchandise, vintage photos, and a variety of Mickey's earliest and most recent animated shorts. That's kind of cool. So check that out. The Disney Family Museum, by the way, if you haven't been, if you ever come to San Francisco, you gotta go to the Disney Family Museum, uh, Walt Disney Family Museum. It's really, really cool. I appreciate it. You've been, Jeremy? You haven't gone? No. Well, you were out here for like four seconds. Yeah, stay for a little longer. That's true. (laughs) Uh, You want some non-Disneyland news real fast, guys? Yeah, sure. If you've always dreamt of having a romantic dinner for two inside Hogwarts Castle... Uh, yes. Yeah. I've often dreamt of that. Well, wait, but romantic does it have to be with Sam? Yes, it does have to be with Sam. <laughs> Can we just pretend like we're romantic? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Taryn. Please do. Uh, make plans to visit the making of Harry Potter at Warner Brothers Studio Tour London during February for Valentine's dinner in the Great Hall. Muggle couples are invited to spend Valentine's Day, um, I just read all the stuff, uh, hosting a romantic dinner inside the iconic Great Hall set each night from Thursday, February 14th through Saturday, February 16th. So each night of the three nights. Guest atten- that just seems weird. Uh, guests attending the evening event will be greeted on arrival with welcome drinks and 
canapes, I don't know, including a special love potion cocktail before sitting down to dine on the authentic Great Hall set. Seated at table for two, guests will enjoy a romantic three-course dinner, including a starter, main course, and desserts to share. Details on the evening set menu can be seen there. Uh, vegetarian and vegan options are available. Blah, 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 blah. You had me until table for two. Yeah, it has to be the house table. Well, it's romantic. It's a, you don't, you mm. dine at like a family table that's 89 yes, yards yes. long. I would sit at the Hufflepuff tables. Heron would have to sit at the Ravenclaw table. We would talk. We would shout, but it would be a thing. But that's not. We could sit back to back. That's yeah. not Valentine's Day, though. We would cuddle back to back. You reverse spoon. We reverse exactly. During the meal, couples will receive a complimentary photo taken at the table. After dinner, guests will be given exclusive after-hours access to the studio tour with a chance to see sets such as the Gryffindor Common Room, Dumbledore's Office, the Weasley Kitchen at the Burrow, and Forbidden Forest before enjoying a drink on Platform 9 and 3 quarters. But you get the chance. So, you might so here's the thing. If I walk into the Great Hall and have... I'm such a loser. Yeah. <laughs> and have dinner. Uh-huh. Like, I want to walk out of that great hall into the Hogwarts castle. So if it's just like a set, it's going to kind of ruin it for but me. But it's not real. I know. Like Look, it, I, what, understand, those I understand two, that. Okay. Sort of. Um, well, <laughs> afterward, no, I, apparently. I'm, I'm with you on this. Thank you. Afterward, if you go uh, to the Backlot Cafe, couples will be able to wander up the wizarding shop street of Diagon Alley before arriving at the Hogwarts castle model. After dinner, tea, coffee, and Petit Four mm, will be served so good. overlooking the model. <laughs> uh, y'all crazy. So I'm with you because I will say that after I finished reading the books, I actually had a little bit of depression because it's not real and I had to remember that. Oh, no. I'm not entirely mm. convinced. Like I'm still like, my letter just never came. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm embracing yeah. it. What makes me sadder than anything is that Jeremy has no idea. I know. Literally <laughs> no clue what we're talking about. And actually, that just makes me a little upset. It's like, there's like probably like one thing I don't like about Jeremy, and it's that. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and not for nothing, but you sent me the book. I know. And I never <laughs> I haven't cracked it yet. I know. I told her. I was like, he's never oh. going to read it. Jeremy. And I knew that, but I'll I sent you an audiobook. <laughs> like, would that be better? No. No. <laughs> Um, I may still read it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, here's Maybe that's my resolution for next year. That's right. Yes. Here's a good story, but the OC register apparently have hit my thir- my my uh, limit oh. for thirty days, so I can't like read the actual article. Lame. Um, which you know, whatever. But apparently, Disneyland or Disney is revoking annual passes of people who resell park merchandise, which is. Apparently, in the terms and conditions, strictly forbidden. You cannot sell, resell park merchandise. Huh. And I think what they're doing is they're targeting people who specifically go to park exclusive stuff and then right. resell it on eBay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the story is actually interesting. You guys should, should look it up if you haven't heard it because there are people who aren't finding out that their passes have been revoked until they go to the park. Oh, that hurts. That's and, pretty messed up. Yeah. So this guy's like family of five couldn't go to Disneyland because well, they got their passes revoked. All of them or just him? I don't know. He mm-hmm. just said, I was with my family and I couldn't get in because I, my pass was revoked. Hmm. So maybe it was just... How do they know? 
How do they know his his eBay screen name? Well, so apparently, I think th- I think it was this guy in particular. And again, I may be confusing things, but um, for example, one guy had a, a Facebook website or Facebook page called like Main Street Treats or something like that, and you could contact him and say, "Hey, I really want the rose gold, you know, ear things." Uh, and then he would go and buy them, but he would use his pass. And so he'd save 10 or 20%, depending on what level his pass is. But he wouldn't pass the savings on to you. And then he would charge you like a premium for it. So he would make some money and then ship the thing to you. Hmm. That, that, that's just that's how it was. And so apparently they, they busted him. I don't know. But, but you, you know, years and years ago, I applied for a social media position at Disney. And they, uh, they were like, oh, you need to be familiar with this specific software. And I forget the name. Uh, but it... It's just a big vacuum. So if you're on social media and you start, you type Disney or you at Disney or you do something, they catch it in this bucket and then they filter out and see if it's relevant or not. And then if it's sort of relevant or potentially relevant, you're on a list. And if it's highly relevant, you're on another list. And then mm. they just kind of then they they track your Terrence is all account. Over <laughs> but you know, and they they I think they either identify influencers or see what's going on or whatever. Right? It's very smart, but uh, it's kind of weird at the same time. And so I think that's how they catch a lot of these people also. Yeah. But I've never heard of the hammer being dropped. And there's a lot of people who like really care, bless you, about bless you. like uh, we're mad that this is happening. Um, I don't know if it's good or not. I, I guess I don't care. I don't I'm care. I'm not mad enough. about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm not happy about it. I guess I think it's a little shifty for Disney to be just banning people for a year. So you, you get your pass pulled for a year. And if you're on the payment plan like us, which is great, you should be because there's no interest. Um you still have to pay. Oh, so this one yeah. gal's like, I have to pay $70 a month at, to Disney or they send me to collections. She broke the rules. She broke the rules, but... Ha, did, she broke did, a contract that she signed. Yeah. Did you read the contract? Do no. you know that that's not in there? So potentially if if uh, we go to the parks and someone you know Instagrams us and goes, hey, could you guys pick me up a statue of a thing? Yeah, sure, dude. I'll send it to you. We could get dropped. And I don't think that's right. I mean, I think people who maybe have a, even if you have a business, quote unquote, doing it, what harm is it doing? What harm is it doing? No, if, you're, if you have a, if you make it a couple hundred bucks doing favors for people, I don't understand. I don't think that, I mean, if somebody asks us, that's, I mean, who hasn't gone to Disneyland and had somebody be like, oh, while you're there, like, can you buy me this thing? I've done it. All well, the time. See, and that but part, I also don't like upcharge them. Right. The business like, part is, is what's part. messed up. Like if, if somebody bought. 10 churro shirts from us and mm-hmm. then went and sold them to somebody else for $3 more and kept that money, you'd be upset. Mm, I don't know. I made enough money on it. I made $4 on a shirt. I'm <laughs> fine with it. I mean, I you know, I guess it's different. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean... Like, because if they couldn't get it from me normally, right? So it's like park exclusive stuff I think they're really kind of like, you know, ticked off about. But... It doesn't. It doesn't. It's. It's not mean. It's, it doesn't mean like if you're from Iowa and you can't go to, and you go to the park and you can't get the rose gold ears or whatever. It, it's not because someone you know two days before bought out the whole store and now they're flooding with eBay. It's just because there's people who want the thing. It's not going to matter. I don't think it makes any difference at all if there's twenty more of a thing or fifty more of a thing sold. They're talking about like uh, popcorn buckets. Like the that's a big thing on online being <laughs> resold the online. Garbage. Yeah, it's well the the. The collector's one, right? Like the twenty dollar plastic the one that looks like Mickey Mouse. 
They have all different. Because I threw that one in the oh. trash. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't care. And the popcorn buckets. Who but, cares? Okay, but Eric in the chat is making a good point. This isn't just these aren't just people selling one thing. Like this is this is like a thing. Sure, it's a side and business. And I for feel people. like I don't know. I kind of think it's shady. Yeah, Jeremy, tell me right now. Agree with me. Jason is right. <laughs> so here's my thing. My laziness factor kicks in. <laughs> like if if I had the opportunity, to, like I hate shipping things. <laughs> so it's like okay, now I got to Okay, I got this for you, and I'm gonna make a little bit of money. My t- I'm gonna make my twenty percent discount back, but I got to go to the post office. <laughs> like I'm not. I hate the post office. Hundred percent. I agree with him. I would so much <laughs> rather just not do any of this <laughs> and just go home and go to sleep. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> my spirit animal. <laughs> it's like so. I, I was in um, Disneyland Paris a few months back, and they have the the Starbucks. Those little like glasses, the the like ceramic things that yeah, are the like mugs. unique to those locations. Mugs, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You know the it's they're the round. I think there's like a thing for you your hand to go into, in them. and you drink out of them. You consume the thing. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> so my friends like bring me one back, and then and then she's like bring me two back, and I was like, well, what do you need two for? She's like, well, they go for like 125 dollars on eBay, and I was like, what? And I looked it up, and it's true. You they're cost 25 euro and you can sell it for over a hundred dollars and i'm like okay but then i was just like then i gotta bring it back by bubble wrap put it in an envelope and i was like i don't want the 70 dollars <laughs> no i get it damn <laughs> but you can't yeah I w- i've tried to buy one on amazon of like the travel mugs because i thought it was cute mm-hmm. and it's like 50 dollars. but you know what like what are you gonna do go to the park like what would you rather have as as a disneyland person right guest would you rather have more people in the park to go buy that stupid merchandise or just have somebody who's already there buying it for someone so they don't ever have to go to the park i mean it's sort of a joke question i mean i see what you're saying and and i don't think there's any problem with somebody buying something for another person Mm -hmm. excuse me at the park i think it's crappy when they go to the park and they buy all the things and then they sell them they have like their own special like oh i saw these on facebook that's who they're cracking down on, and that's I agree. I don't like that. I guess, but I, that's but, talk about shady. That's shady. But yeah. why? How has it ever impacted you? How has it ever the affected Trader your Sam's life? mugs? But that's Disney not making enough specifically to just create demand. Like they, they, so be mad at Disney for only only having a certain amount and not spacing them out over three months. They Are you sure? Them one time. Have you looked on eBay for those mugs? Because they're probably for sale. Cause, uh, no, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that they are, and I know I. I think we talked about it on the show. There were people in line posting on eBay because they got the ticket to go get the mug. They were guaranteed a mug, so they were already posting it. That's and that's, rude. It is rude, but that doesn't mean that their pass should be revoked. Because it, to me, it means well, Disney is even ruderest because they didn't. <laughs> They didn't release them over three months to give everybody a chance. So if you're not local, you're not going to be able to get the mug anyway. So if you don't go to Disneyland on that day, you're not going to get it, regardless of people being in line specifically just to buy some to sell it. You're you're not going to get it anyway if you live in Utah. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I guess I see your point. But I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Disney's justified. Really? Yeah. yeah but I without a warning? No. So this is what this is. That guy said that he didn't get a warning, but somebody else in the article said they got a letter. So I'm sure that... No, the letter is saying your pass has been revoked for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
But that's not a warning. That's just a ban hammer, dude. And you still have to pay on that. N- no, no phone call. Hey, I noticed you've been doing that. Just so you guys know, the terms and conditions state that you cannot do this. So we're going to give you a pass on this. But why is it Disney's responsibility to go out of their way to give you information that they already gave you in that pamphlet that you signed? Because it's, it's nice. your job. Because it's to read it. It's a very good customer service uh, thing. Hey, just so you guys know, because if they're not doing that, this seems very angry. They're angry at people, and it's a very reactionary thing. Rather than just sending out letters to people going, hey, I've noticed you're doing this. Please stop. It's against our terms. If we catch you doing it again, we're going we're gonna to pull you for a year. That, to me, okay, hey, sorry, I broke the rules. Got it. Bam. Bam. So then you no. sit bam, on bam, your bam, merch. Guns. No, no. They revoke your. You they revoke not. your pass. At least you can still keep selling. <laughs> I, 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 I still I, think Disney is right in this. The only thing that I think that they shouldn't be doing is making you continue to pay for it. But I guess what what other option is there? Yeah. Just sign a contract, right? So I'm with Disney on this one. Eh, whatever. Here's some good story coming out of Disney. Here we go. Everybody ready for good story? Yes. Disney California Adventure is testing a, quote, moving buddy line for Toy Story Midway Mania. What does that so mean? So what's that, like uh, like the moving sidewalk in the airport? The Jetsons? Oh, I always wanted Disneyland to have those. First of all, everyone slow down. <laughs> no, that is not what that means. Also, we are all lazy. <laughs> Very. <laughs> uh, it allows parties of one or two or a small three. Right, like you and Sam and Abby, for yeah. example, uh, to queue separately from the regular standby line. The idea is to cut down on wait times for smaller parties that would only take up one row for the ride. The line is available to those riding in a party of one, two, or a small party of three. That's like I said. Uh, during the test, it's a test, a cast member will stop small parties as they enter the attraction's entrance and direct them to the new line. That's cool. It's unclear how long this parent test will be running for or if the moving buddy queue will be available during all hours of operation. So, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. And, of course, moving buddy is a title in reference to a scene from Toy Story in which Woody readies his fellow toys for their move and says, uh, everybody grab their moving buddy so no toy gets left behind. Very cute. Very cute. I like this idea. It's kind of like single rider, except you don't have to go by yourself. It's not as sad. Yeah, well, and Toy Story opened with a single rider line, and they discontinued it. So it's weird that it's sort of like single rider now, but more <laughs> more well, than single rider. It's Toy double Story rider. It's not line. a very good single rider line thing because you No, you have to be especially if you want and we still haven't done a show on this, but if you if especially if you want to do like the Easter eggs yeah, to unlock the certain scenes, you need to be in sync with somebody. So yeah. we should do a we should do a show on that. Yeah. You should get up on that. Okay. Jeremy Jeremy. Yes. Thank you very much for participating in this show. So I don't man. have to do my window? No, you don't got to do your window. Okay. Oh. We're already at an hour and 20. We're about 10 minutes out of doing the secret show. We're just kind of out of time. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right, Jeremy. Well, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, Hanukkah is over, I guess. I can't say that. But, uh, you know, happy winter solstice, which is really the root of everything, right? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, for you uh, people listening live and 
simultaneous for you Patreon folks. We're going to be starting our, our uh, secret show here in about 20 minutes as soon as I make this drinks and, uh, you know, take a break. Um, but for the rest of you, have a happy 2018, uh, what's left of it. Have a great 2019. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming your way in 2019. I'm trying to do some video projects. I probably shouldn't say that but because nothing has been hammered out. And, you know, Murphy's Law. Um, anyway, uh, thanks again to Getaway Today for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up. Um, and again, I say it over and over again, but I really mean it. I don't know how to stop saying it, to be honest with you. I think I'm broken inside. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners for being a part of this show. Uh, we, we, we do this show because we like interacting with you guys, and we like talking about the park. We all love the park. And uh, this is just our way of, um, I don't know, giving back to the community. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, you know, I, yeah. So what, I wish we had, you're feeling sentimental. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, this heroin is really kicking in <laughs> that too. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> no, I wish we could do more, like uh, some sort of, you know, program and music, whatever. But I just, I don't have time to do anything. So uh, I just know that we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>